Hello, my name is Andrew White, and I'll be your host for It Builds Character, a podcast about character and world building, surprisingly. This podcast will consist primarily of a series of interviews between myself and a few personal friends who I believe are significantly better at writing than I. I and my friends will be sharing small tips and tricks that we learned, as well as interesting clips, quotes, and general advice that we found over the course of the week. I intend for each episode to have a different overarching subject, whether that be world building, specific country things, or character development. That isn't to say we won't get off topic, though. That's pretty standard with my friends. You can expect to see anything from novel writing to Dungeons and Dragons and other role-playing game stories, even a couple just simple art projects that we've decided to give a little bit more character to. In between interview sections, there will be occasional little skits or jokes, um, or even just a little solo commentary session like this if I found something that I particularly liked and figured you would too. Alright, so without out of the way, I figure the first thing that I'd like to talk to you about is just the general development of your world. The decisions that you make in this phase of the game will help develop your story, ensure that your tone is up to snuff, and will also help make sure that your characters are appropriately built for the setting. The part I always have trouble with is getting started. Really, where do you begin with things like this? And so, what I suggest to you is just simply begin with a name. What is the name of your world? Are you just using Earth? You can go Tolkien-like, Middle Earth. Or you could go with something a little more unique. Now, one of my friends, his world is named Kirindaya. It's a little rather exotic, isn't it? So I asked around, and I found a couple techniques that I'd like to share with you for naming characters, places, and things. So, we're starting with the name for our world, right? Well, why not take the intended narrative purpose, the things you want this story to be about, and combine it in your name, whether using other languages, which you can research those, there's nobody going to stop you from using the internet, or... You could combine it using an acronym, which is my personal favorite technique. So, let's say you have an Area 51 type place, for example. Say the, the place where the government is doing suspicious things in your story. Dystopian, maybe. Alright, so what would we name something like this? So, let's take the first letters of each of the major words. Uh, let's see. T P G D S T. Okay, we can work with this. So, let's start. Um, there are no vowels in here, are there? So, let's start by introducing some vowels. When I look at T P G D S T. I see T P. Alright, maybe uh, top. T O P. That could work. And then G. DST. Maybe we put maybe we put an A in there, like GAD, but then you get GADST. It's a weird, weird sound, a weird syllable. Okay, that's going to make it a little ear-catching, so to speak. So, let's combine it. Top GADST. That ends a little abruptly. doesn't sound so good. Maybe a third vowel should help. We get topagadst. Ooh, all right. That's a good start, but it's still not quite enough. 
So, let's see. Top against. Now that ending is a little bit rough, so maybe let's add another vowel on the end. Topagadsta. Ooh, all right. Now, I think that repeating A sound is a little bit much, so what if we wanted to make it a different vowel? Topigoodsta. Ooh, all right, all right, it's Topigoodsta. That sounds decent. Reminds me almost of like a strange tropical island. So maybe uh, one of the island continents on our world is named Topigudsta. It's a place where the government is doing suspicious things. You can name pretty much anything this way if you want strange and unique sounds that nobody's really heard before. This is exactly how you do it. This is exactly how I do it every single time. Now my world is called Regentos. R-E-G-E-N-T-A-U-S. You might be wondering where exactly this one came from using the methods that we talked about before. And I'm going to let you in a little tip. This naming system can work with any combination of words. It doesn't really have to mean anything. In this case, Regentos comes from Regent R Us. R-E-G-E-N-T, like a king. R-A-R-E. And U-S, Us. The reasons why it's named this way, and why I use that reference, is because it's complete gibberish. I didn't really have an idea in mind for when I set out to make this world. I just wanted to create. And I think that's the next important thing. You have to have a passion for creation. If at any point you feel like you aren't satisfied with what you're creating, it's perfectly acceptable to try and start again from square one. There's no shame in it. Just make sure that you are proud of your work while you are doing it. And if you're like me, with passion and a name, but no real direction, it's always okay to use references. It's okay to take the little things from the stories that you love, moments that you adored, what made them so great, analyze them. And if those moments relate to the kind of story that you want to tell, that's wonderful. Because writing is for everybody. And... As long as you're not directly copying someone else's work, it's perfectly acceptable to look at the beautiful techniques that another author has used and recreate them for yourself. Maybe there was this beautiful dystopian novel that you just read, and you really, really want to introduce some of that amazing world building. Or perhaps you just completed a high fantasy TV show or series and you would like to recreate that adventurous feel for yourself. Use those as the foundation, as the outline for the story that you're trying to make, and then fill in the details yourself. And this fits right in with the next thing I was going to talk about, which is start big. Don't go into the nitty gritty details immediately. Sure, yeah, uh, if you want to make a city that's full of skulls or something, you can, but Start with the general theme of your world first. Build a firm foundation to lay that city on, and all the cities on, and every character, and every moment. The world really is just the bottom of the pyramid. And without a nice large bottom, that pyramid isn't going to stand. So I've compiled three different tips for how to make this world as rich and engaging as possible. 
The first of these tips is make sure your world takes itself just seriously enough to be relatable to the reader. Whether you're writing a serious high fantasy, dystopian novel, steampunk story, detective, any genre really, again, the world has to take itself seriously or else it won't be relatable and the reader will lose focus on what you have to say. A good example of this is this little excerpt I found on the internet somewhere that talks about the fact that you can indeed have weird and impractical cultural things. As a matter of fact, you should for your world. But you have to make sure that realistic consequences are addressed as well. The example I found talks about, say, you've got a city where there are tame white doves everywhere. They're not pests. They're regarded as sacred, holy protectors of the city. And the whole city cares for them and feeds them like they're pets. They're tame because it's social taboo to hurt one or scare one. Yeah, that's nice. But then someone points out that even if they're not seen as pests, it doesn't help having a completely unchecked feral pigeon population. And these creatures not only aren't being stopped at all, they're being actively fed and cared for. Doesn't that mean that the standard of cleanliness for that city would be really bad because of all the birds everywhere? You know what I mean. Your first thought is no, because you want your pretty birds. But no, consider the consequences of this. It makes sense. To explain why they're not behaving poorly is really difficult. Maybe they're super intelligent or magical or specifically bred and trained to not, you know, make a mess everywhere. But the logistics of how exactly anyone could do that is a little unrealistic. So now consider the opposite. Maybe, yeah, they do make a mess everywhere, but the city also has, as a result, created an extensive public sanitation service. One of the common last names in the area, perhaps, you know, like Smith or Baker, means something akin to the one who cleans up after the birds. And thanks to the sheer necessity, because these things are sacred and you must clean up after them, means that the city has a really high standard of cleanliness because everything is actively being washed all of the time. All this to say that you have to consider the realistic consequences of the world. And once you do, everything makes that much more sense to your reader. My second step is make sure your world affects your world. You can't have simply isolated places. The forest outside the city is just as affected by the city as the city is affected by the forests. The people outside of the city walls have lives, and they do interact with the people within the city, whether they like it or not. Yeah, narratively, it would be pretty interesting to make a city that is completely walled off from the rest of the world, but that is the exception and not the norm. You're going to want to make sure that every part, every character, interacts with each other in meaningful ways outside of the scope of the main character's stories. For example, maybe you want to make it so that just down the river from this fishing town there is an orc encampment that's been there a little while. How do the orcs affect the fishermen, or how do the fishermen affect the orcs? Maybe the fisherman's job in traveling upriver has bothered the orcs because they don't like seeing the ships on the water. Perhaps they have some sort of sacred ritual that's constantly being interrupted by fishermen. Or maybe the fishermen's jobs are made that much harder by orcs swimming about and doing their thing in the water. 
who knows regardless they affect each other in meaningful ways that require resolution and as a result your story is going to be much more interesting I'm using small-scale examples because this tip works no matter where you are in the process of creating your world but in this case I'm talking about the grand scale of things maybe there are multiple kingdoms how do they interact what attitudes do they have towards each other and what has gone into their opinions beliefs cultures whatever causes them to differ or maybe they're friendly why is that you need to go into explaining these small things so that nothing is taken for granted in the story and when all of these things are explained it gives you the opportunity to leave little breadcrumbs and Easter eggs foreshadowing events that may or may not happen maybe you leave your options open to you when I say that there are these two kingdoms that are friendly and there are things while they are different that doesn't necessarily mean that they dislike each other well what happens when those differences are taken advantage of maybe they end up hating each other after all and look at that you've already laid the breadcrumbs for as to why so to recap our first step has been explain everything you have to make sure that you lay the groundwork early so that it all makes sense now for tip two whenever you're writing for a person place or thing establish one of each who what where when and why the legendary artifact in my world of Regentos is called Dundemir adored by the stars little fancy name but let's find out the who what where when and why first who it is said that Dundemir was forged by the very first heroes to stop the very first villain now what what is Dundemir Dundemir is a great golden axe that has the power of the very stars contained within it next where where was Dundemir forged it was forged in the great Blackstone keep remember all of these things can be established more firmly later we're just going through all of the information about Dundemir next up is when when was Dundemir made well it was made at the beginning of recorded history since this world's calendar revolves around the defeat of the very first villain and finally why why was Dundemir forged well it was made to stop the very first villain it was supposed to be an axe so great and powerful that nothing would be able to stand against it not even the great evil that plagued the world of Regentos back in that time and would you look at that by establishing who what where when and why we now have a very interesting and fleshed out weapon now you may have noticed when describing Dundemir I used a lot of terms and places that you hadn't heard of before that is actually my third trick and that is once you have all of the wide spanning details nothing too crazy that's when you can start building the world around it so remember our little walled city of that place let's say what if we make it so that that place is top of good stuff you remember that so now that we have named the city and we have it's established that there was a forest around it and what do we call the forest uh, the deep oaks 
Well, the deep oaks. That works. Okay. Well, who lives in the deep oaks? Uh, let's see a little bit of everybody. Elves, some humans, maybe some lizard folk. I don't know. It's a high fantasy world or something. But the idea is that we are building the place around what we've already established. Wouldn't it be neat if there was a mountain? Maybe to the east. Maybe that's where Blackstone Keep is. In this way, once you have anything established at all, you can work your way out from it and flush out the world starting there. Start increasing the radius from your little dot. Eventually, your world will be simply massive. So, to summarize what we've talked about today, make sure to consider the consequences. That's tip one. Tip two, use your W's. And step three, use your content as a springboard. We also talked about the fact that it's okay to reference the things you love. It's okay to research the things you don't know about. Also, if you're struggling with naming something, just fiddle with an acronym. It makes it sound super original. Now, the last thing I'd like to talk about today is expectations moving forward. Not every episode is going to be like this one. Besides being longer and a little less awkward, it's going to be a discussion between me and a special guest. These discussions will cover a wide range of subjects, whether it be world building like we've discussed, specific character developments and moments, or even just very specific tips and tricks that we've picked up along the way. Next episode is going to be about the consequences of in-world actions and how far the in-world butterfly effects can reach. Perhaps conflicting ideologies has resulted in a war between the butlers and the clowns, or how the return of two nobles thought long dead has resulted in the shifting of power dynamics in the kingdom. I find subjects like this simply fascinating, and I look forward to sitting down with my friends so that we can discuss it at length. I'll also be bringing along some tips and tricks for how to recreate these effects for yourself, how to justify the consequences of these actions. There are so many untapped writing resources, and I hope that by bringing light to a couple of them, it'll make things easier for everybody in the long run. Good writing is for everybody. I just hope to make sure that that becomes clear. Alright, well, if you enjoyed this episode of It Builds Character, make sure to tune in next week for episode 2. Now, the time has come to say goodbye. May your worlds be rich and beautiful, and may your stories be deep and meaningful. I hope you have a wonderful week. Goodbye, and good luck.